Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast, our big end of the year 2021 recap. It's our final live show of the year. And look at that panel down there. Someone just made it as the intro was going on. He made, oh, I was going to throw you out. But yeah, Andres just made it in. Uh, we weren't about bad mouthing you when you were out. about him. <laughs> My own personal Kessel run. I've done yeah, it. you made it just in time. Uh, so yeah, here we are, end of the year. 2021, what a year in general, real life, a lot of stuff, but Star Wars, some good, some bad, we'll try to focus on the positive and just celebrate the year that was Star Wars in 2021. And like I said, and you can see them on the screen, there's a lot of great guests that we have here, a lot of our great guests, like I said, fans, they've been here before, love when you guys are here. So let's go ahead from to my right, I guess, if I'm reading the screen correctly, and then everyone kind of introduce yourself. So see her. Hi, my name is Rachel. I'm from the Followers of the Force podcast. I'm Arzu. I'm from the Geeky Waffle and the Space Waffles podcast. <laughs> I'm Andres from Sith D Minutes. Uh, Lauren Romo from the Galactic podcast. Hi, I'm Oti, and I'm, uh, no, I'm from El Podcast uh, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he knows we're here. All right, so... <laughs> Thank you all, all you guys for being here. Uh, we've been talking for a few weeks, trying to get everyone to be on this show today as we celebrate, like I said before, 2021, the best moments of 2021. Uh, we have to shuffle the, the crew a little bit. Some people couldn't make it, which is fine. Again, there's a lot of stuff going at the end of the year, mm -hmm. but we're, we're here to celebrate Star Wars and let's start. You know what? Yeah, let's go ahead and start. So we're talking best of Star Wars. So if you guys are ready, I'm not ready. Let's talk Star Wars 2021. All right. I, I, love I feel like I saw all my faves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what we're going to talk about. Again, we have a great chat here and a great group of people out there in the comments. Our friend Mo is here. Happy Radio Rebellion Saturday, everyone. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Star Wars Saturday, as we like to say. Our friend Roberto Venegas is also here. And of course, Amy Guerra. Hi, everyone. Great group of people here tonight. So we try to do. Just have a fun time on this Saturday. So as we start, so today, as I've said already like four times, we're celebrating 2021. We got about 10 or 11 different categories to go, go around. But before we jump into those, and I want to start, Rachel, I guess we'll start with you. Just in general, how was your overall feelings about 2021 in Star Wars? Uh, I thought 2021 was a good year for Star Wars. Um, I I started Star Wars podcasting in 2021, so I've been a lot more aware of it. Mm -hmm. We had some good stuff this year. A lot yeah. of fun. For a year without a big theatrical movie release, we've really gotten a lot. <laughs> That's true. Mm -hmm. It was one of those, kind of the first year, I guess last year also, about no movies. Everyone kind of ruled TV replaced the movie experience, but we got a lot, not just on the movie side, books comics 
um, animated shows. There was a lot this year. So also just overall kind of your 2021 thoughts. I mean, I think it was a good year. Like Rachel said, I think there was a lot going on, a lot in like bite-sized pieces, which I appreciate. So it wasn't all dumped on us. Um, We got so much High Republic this year, and we're going to talk about it later. (laughs) But there was so much of it that I very confidently told somebody it started in 2020. Just because (laughs) I... I'm like, I can't mm. believe that all that happened over the last 12 months. But but yeah, I guess only when you think back, do you realize just how much actually happened this year. Yeah. I think it was it was a good, nice spread out year. You know, it wasn't all at once kind of thing. Yeah. And of course, if you're here, you got to have your Nile High Republic shirt. So I appreciate it. <laughs> there uh, we go. I finally got one. Next time we talk nice. High Republic, I'll, I'll put it on so we can all finally match. Uh, so for you, Oti, what was kind of your overall impression of 2021? Yeah, so it, I think it was a good year and an important year for me as a fan. It helped me define what kind of fan I want to be in the sense that I entered the year going like, I'm going to read every single comic, every <laughs> single book. And like three months in, I started to be a little bit more selective on what I read and what mm-hmm. I do. So. Yeah, but it was a great year. High Republic started, so <laughs> how how could it be bad? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Um, I'm right on the chat. He'll he'll say. I think a few days ago we were just talking on Twitter. Same thing. High Republic started 2021, and we've gotten so much stuff. For the most part, everything has been great, and it's this great story that we think we've been in it for years because we fell in love with it. This era is something that most of us love. So. Uh- a year ago, I didn't know who Mike and Roe is, and now I'm like, yeah, he's my favorite <laughs> person. <ever."> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around. So, Lauren, for you, yes. what kind of stands out for this year? You know, I think it's interesting as far as Star Wars-wise. I mean, we kind of, throughout the year, if you look at TV and animation, it was kind of like Bad Batch, Lull. Uh, then we got uh, Visions, which was fantastic, and then we mm-hmm. got a little bit of a lull. But now we are heading into the Book of Boba Fett, which is going to be fantastic. So, looking at that kind of aspect of it, it's been kind of a up and down year. But like everything that we have seen and we're going to see, obviously with Boba Fett, is going to be great. Um, you know, if you look at books, comics, and everything, the High Republic has been absolutely killing it mm-hmm. since the beginning of the year. And as Arzu talked about, like a little bit, obviously twenty twenty. So. If you are a book fan, a comic book fan, this has been a great year. Like, honestly, a great year for readers of any type of medium. Like, it's been a good Star Wars year for that. Yeah, I think it, that's kind of the main thing, at least for myself. It's the publishing side, the books is the one that have kind of taken off this year. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I've read a couple of Star Wars books here and there, but it's the High Republic, at least for me. And if you've, I've kind of did the throne thing and I'm kind of... Oh, Yay, that's done, at least for now. I have my issues with Thrones, so. Um, but we'll see next year. Next year, 2022, again, now that's going to be the TV year. I was, like we were talking before, I had my in-laws in town, and my father-in-law was re-watching Mandalorian. He hadn't seen the second season. We just did a rewatch. just finished it this afternoon. So, yeah, I just saw Boba Fett, saw the, the little end clips. I'm ready for Book of Boba Fett in, what, like 12, 11 days? Man, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So it's crazy. Yeah. And we're going to call that a 2022 show. I know it's 2021, but no, it's just one episode at the end of the year. It doesn't count. Might as well call it It counts. It counts. <laughs> so let's mark it off. When we talk at the end, what we're looking for. Are we, are we doing fiscal year? Are we doing? <laughs> yeah, they, 
if it shows up in a for your consideration post, then it's a oh. it's a 2021. <laughs> That's fair. We'll all drag it in. All right. So, Andres, I'm for you. Uh, what was 2021 I'm, like? Well, 2021 had uh, definitely on the book side. I I love to read nonfiction, and I don't really read much fiction. So for mm -hmm. me, High Republic was like, okay, I'll jump in and like read some fiction in between all of the history and like military and random books I read. Um, so the Light of the Jedi came out on my birthday, so January 5th, and I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm going to buy this book. Birthday gift to me. Let's go. Uh, and thank God it paid off because yeah. now – you know, falling stars oh. coming around the corner and like wifey and I have already discussed it. It's like, I'm buying this book. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting that beanie. Uh, the story's a banger and <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's been a ride um, on the experience side. I got to go to galaxy's edge twice and I've done nice. everything but the cantina and the droid depot. So I'm like, nice. okay. You built like, your lightsaber. I, I built my lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like I've had this really, really good experience with it. It's a, really fun land and like having gotten vaccinated and boosted i was like okay i can like feel comfortable being in that space um and yeah it was worth worth the trip from yeah. colorado so <laughs> good year yeah. overall i also had the the experience of going to galaxy's edge late earlier this year in july so it was a bit hot out there in middle of, of disney but it was a great experience unfortunately i couldn't do rise of the resistance uh, right out the resistance, I couldn't go to the cantina. I did do the droid depot, so I got a little droid down there and didn't get to build my own lightsaber, but I got that Dooku one back there, which I just love. So, all right. So, before we, yeah, uh, before we jump in and start kind of more specific, if you're watching this live, thank you as always, not just for today, but for the whole year. Uh, you guys are the ones that keep me going, same as the guests. A lot of times I'm here by myself. I'm like, okay, I got to talk for 20 more minutes. But every time I, I have great guests, I, you guys kind of helps the experience. So thank you uh, to everyone. Um, if you're watching this later on the replay, make sure to comment down below. What are your thoughts on 2021 and all the categories we're going to be talking about? And same things for everyone in the chat. Jump in at any point. Let us know what your favorite moment of 2021 was, favorite books, favorite villain, favorite everything. And we'll go through it. Um, so, yeah, Mr. Rez is here. Tony Rez, thanks for being here today. Our friend Dale Earthman is here. Hello there. And Roberto is adding, the High Republic has been everything. I think it's been the single thing that kept my interest throughout the year. I think for the most part, at least I'll be there. But again, it's we started talking. Visions was there. Bad Batch for a lot mm -hmm. of people. A lot of us. I have some issues. But uh, most <laughs> adding, going to love. Gonna show love for terrifying tales because Lego Lego Pops is hilarious. Yeah. He was pretty cool. That was my favorite one, was with Darth Maul and Grievous trying to get it. So I love that one. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and let's just start. Best of 2021. And we'll start with a big one. So favorite moment of 2021. We're not gonna wait till the end. We'll start with a big one. And Rachel, I started with you first. I'll jump to Arsu. And again, at any point, you guys can jump in. What was your favorite moment of this year in Star Wars? Well, if I just say the High Republic, that's not that's not <laughs> you helpful. can. But, <laughs> a collection can of I? Because it was honestly, it was the High Republic. Like mm -hmm. I know I have my favorites within within mm -hmm. the books and all that, but just the whole thing and watching this massive story, like slowly start to unfold and you can see all of the connections like across mediums like I know that's a deterrent for a lot of people because of just how many like different comic publishers and different comic series and 
yeah. you know, the order of the books and things like that. Like that's the most common thing I see is what order do I read these books in? So yeah. I did make a spreadsheet. If anybody wants it, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter. But um, like that has just been because I love interconnected storytelling. And that's why I started reading all the canon books. Like to have this be like, yes, here's this big interconnected story. And it's so far removed from everything mm -hmm. else that it's brand new. So that's why that's why the High Republic was like absolutely my 2021 highlight. Yeah, and, and those reading lists are important. I see a lot of people asking, and different people has, have posted them. And I think I've seen yours. It's very detailed. It's not just the books. You got all the comics and all this stuff. And sometimes it's daunting seeing everything that's out there. But at the that's same right. time, it's... Like... Sorry? No, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. No, that I've seen, not recently, but people kind of, is it too much? Am I too late to start doing this? And again, you don't need to read everything out there. I said here... Okay. To the chagrin of Arsu and Maggie when she's here. <laughs> I haven't read the High Republic comic books. I'm sorry, apart from Monster Peak. But it's fine kind of pick and choosing what to read because there's so much out there. But yeah. I'll follow. I'll say mine because it's in the same vein. Yes, it's the High Republic. Uh, I haven't shut up in the high, about the High Republic in almost a, a full year. <laughs> but if we have to be specifics, I get to say Into the Dark became my favorite Star Wars book especially that second half. And a lot of it had to do with the way that Claudia Gray kind of introduced this idea. Because we've talked before a lot of people about, well, oh, the Jedi are not that good. They have a lot of issues. But the way she introduced the, you know, that, not duality, but the conflict that Comac and Orla had, do I follow the order or do I follow the force? And Comac then kind of deciding, well, I got to find myself again in the order. That's why I'm going to take this father one with me. So just everything that kind of challenged or seeing Jedi kind of question themselves in the Jedi order was something I didn't expect because this was built as, oh, it's the Jedi in their prime. And to see all these mm -hmm. Jedi already having issues with it was something that caught me by surprise. And I think it has been my favorite so far. Uh, so we'll keep going. Oti, what was your best, mo the best moment for you? Man, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it has to be the higher republic um <laughs> specifically um there's a moment in in light of the jedi very very early on in the book um right before they do the uh, when when they pick up the the rubble to avoid the massive disaster mm -hmm. um that aver chris is describing how everyone's the, or the book is describing how everyone sees the force cuz avar is like feeling it and that moment like every single jedi has a different interpretation of the same thing that just that was the moment i realized like okay we're in for something very special i and just read that part and it's so it's amazing so, so i read good. rising storm first i did it wrong sorry oh. <laughs> i did it really wrong these gray hairs of mine are because rachel told me that she started with the rising storm <laughs> i only, i started with a test of courage which is more or less at the same time but yeah starting with rising storm you're kind of what the hell is going on <laughs> it's fine it's fine i'm confused anyway yeah. so, so i'm halfway yeah, I, through light of the jedi now so I, I i went back nice yeah so i i was thinking like very hard of another moment but i just keep coming back to that moment and yeah. It's that's probably the reason why that's my favorite Star Wars book to this day. So yeah. yeah. Right, Lauren. Are we gonna keep going with the High Republic or you have something else for your favorite 2021 moment? Yeah, I'll I'll switch it up a little bit as much <laughs> as you know, and then again, rightfully so, I think this year has been a year of the High Republic. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I think that has really kept 
many Star Wars fans interested and got through this year, hands down. Um, mm-hmm. For me, though, I am an animation lover. I love Star Wars animation. I don't care if it was Visions, Bad Batch. Like, those two series, I think, were really, really special to me because I love them. I love what they did, especially in Visions, how it was different. Um, But specifically in Bad Batch, though, I think how they're telling that story in, like, an era that we're very familiar with, but they they keep surprising you with stuff, Mm -hmm. and I love that, and I... I honestly was not sold on this show until like the final trailer. Honestly, I was like, why do I care about these four guys that I met in season seven of Clone Wars? They made me care and more like they delivered on that first season for me. And it was really, really awesome to see the growth of the characters, Omega. And obviously the very end of that show of seeing the, the city of where the clones came from. I mean, that was huge for all of us, you know, as fans of the prequels. Like, it's like, that was the end of the era for us, I feel. Like, that was yeah. just, it was sad to see. Like, that shot of them just showing the the, com- the complex completely empty, that was just like, wow, that it felt like, okay, this is it. We are moving on. Like, this is the end of that era, and we are totally into a, a totally different, um, you know, era in the Star Wars now. So that... For me, it had to be Bad Batch, for sure. Okay. Yeah. I had my ups and downs with Bad Batch. I wasn't interested mm-hmm. before it came out for the same reason. Saying, okay, this for more clones. Uh, I love the first few episodes, and then it kind of went up and down for me. But we'll be talking more about Bad Batch. We'll be talking more about Visions as we go on. Mm-hmm. And Andres? Yes. Uh, favorite moment? I'm, I'm going to go with Lauren here. And... Uh, side on visions for sure okay. i was super hyped when it first came out like and they announced it because you know star wars was george lucas playing with western myth eastern imagery like it, it's in the dna right you you mm-hmm. can't get a good star wars without getting some good like japanese influence um and this was star wars on the other side of the skywalker saga saying like we're gonna go back to those roots and like we're going to let these studios create that art like for me the creative decision like best creative decision lucasfilm made this year was saying we're going to do anime but we're going to let those studios make star wars and tell us that they made it and we're just going to distribute it right like you know there wasn't a behind the scenes of like uh i don't know dave filoni with a bunch of storyboards and it's like (laughs) these are the stories i want to tell like no it was like we're going to send the the work off to japan they're going to send us completed files and we're just going to air it and like the visual rebirth like mm-hmm. ronin is hands down my favorite novel like <laughs> i will die for that sith lord any day of the week um i will gladly burn the empire down etc cetera, etc cetera. um but yeah like it's it's such a fresh take on the galaxy mm-hmm. at a time like you know after rise of skywalker like after bad batch and everything i feel like Disney is rightfully so still playing in this really rich, you know, three generation saga. But for me, Visions was like a visual refresh, a story refresh, like everything was just so new and wasn't tied to anything or or a hint to anything else. And I was like, I hope Disney Lucasfilm uses Vision as like the wellspring to draw for like, what does the galaxy look like, you know, 500 years from now? and and maybe pull something from that to make whatever the next story is because it's it's so beautiful. 
All right. Um, we'll, you have more chance a little bit later on to, to keep talking about Ronin when we talk about non-High Republic books. And I, I love Visions, and I also love the little kind of behind the scenes they did after each episode, kind of all these studios, how they got into it. They've been Japanese influence, influenced Star Wars, and then now Star Wars influence all these studios. It was great to see. And for you, Rachel, what moment kind of stands out for you this past right. year? I have a really dark horse moment that's kind of weird. Um, for Disney Plus Day, we know that there wasn't a lot of Star Wars news and it was disappointing, but they did a surprise Star Wars showing. And this year, Rogue One hit theaters again. So I got to see my favorite movie in the theater for only go. the second time. I've only seen Rogue One in theaters once, which if you know my Twitter persona is very strange. <laughs> yeah. I was getting ready to go to grad school when it came out. So I literally had no time. But Rogue One hitting theaters again and seeing all the love for it on its fifth anniversary um, about 20 minutes before we recorded, my fifth anniversary dinner <laughs> came, which I've been showing to literally oh. everyone as they came on the street. Yes. So. <laughs> I mean, Rogue One, it's, I know, down there in that corner, Otis, not the biggest fan of Rogue One, but it's gonna a lot of love, especially as this fifth year anniversary came out, just kind of went by yesterday. It's a lot of love, so... Again, it doesn't have to be something specific for this year. You just had a great experience going to check another Star Wars movie out there. Of course, your favorite one. So before we jump into what the fans voted as their favorite moment of 2021, let's say hi to our friends from In A Galaxy Podcast. They're here. How are you doing? I hope right. you know that I read that in the, the movie announcer voice, In A Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And they're also adding, oh, what the heck? Here we go. That. They also saw, only saw Rogue One in theater once, which is not strange at all for him. All right, so what did the fans say out there? I'll have my envelope here, which is just a piece of paper with all Ooh. the notes. Yes. <laughs> so with, let me read this. I'm getting, I'm starting to go blind. 46% of the votes, the fans voted the High Republic or the start okay. of the High Republic as their favorite moment of 2021. Not surprising us here. Mm -hmm. What was funny about doing this poll, the first couple of hours, everything that was, I might be spoiling a little bit, everything that was Bad Batch related kind of jumped in front. I think all the Bad Batch fans kind of saw that. And then it started getting a little bit more competitive. So the Bad Batch series kind of started, but then it kind of didn't win, the, didn't win this first category out there. And they're saying in a galaxy setting, the High Republic deserved moment of the year which that's more or less what we kind of talked about. All right, so for our second, and here's what's going to get funny, favorite animated series. Um, I'm, I'm going to start with Lauren, because Lauren, you were here like three times as we tried to record our <laughs> Visions recap. Yes. Right. Um, we mentioned Visions, we mentioned the Bad Batch in the chat. Don't forget about Terrifying Tales. It wasn't a series, but again, just an animated show out there. Plus Galaxy of Creatures, I believe is the name of the show on the Star Wars YouTube kids channel, which is another fun show out there. Uh, you're an animator, animated person. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite animated show? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I talked about Bad Batch earlier, and I think overall as a story, I, I loved it. I loved what they did with it, giving us different perspectives on things that we were accustomed to, like Order 66. Mm -hmm. Again, they bring that back, but it's it's beautifully done every time. I mean, seeing, you know, Caleb Doom 
Kanan Jarrus, you know, as a little kid and for that whole moment to be seen in animation, it was awesome. Um, Hera was another standout mm-hmm. moment for me in that series. But again, I, as I talked about earlier, like that ending of going back to the city and seeing it destroyed, like that's just, that's, that was emotional stuff. Again, like yeah. I said, it's almost like the end of an era and it was a nice way to do it. I feel like an animation, like it just felt, it felt right. Like mm-hmm. doing it in that way because we were so used to it in Clone Wars and things like that. Like it was a perfect way to end that type of story in the Bad Batch and in animation. And then obviously to get an announcement that season two is coming out. That's exciting for me. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm really pumped up for that. Obviously 2022 is going to be a really big year, I think for live action and animation, it seems like. Um, but I mean, and that's nothing to put away through visions. Visions was beautiful. Like Andres was saying earlier, I mean, what the stories they told within those little short stories was amazing. The animation was amazing, you know, so that's nothing to take away from visions itself. But for me, it was bad batch. Like I I had to say my favorite animated series this year was bad batch. Do you have any kind of ideas or anything you're hoping to see or season two of the bad batch? Ooh, yeah. You know, for me, heading into it, obviously, you know, we could get some more cameos. I mean, in my head right now, like Callus, he could definitely, he's in that time frame where maybe mm-hmm. he's young, he's in the kind of academy, maybe we can see him. Um, Hondo, I'd love to see Hondo show up in that series. That'd be amazing. Yeah. You know, so there's certain things that I think we will hopefully see again. I mean, I hope we get the uh, Martez sisters again. I love them. I love those two. So, yeah, I, I hope we, you know, get back to the same crew, obviously, but giving some more cameos and different, you know, animation characters that we have known, I think it'd be really, really cool for sure. All right. So, Andres, you kind of mentioned Vision's yeah. been some of your favorite moments of this year. So, I'm guessing I'm leaning towards Vision being your favorite animated series. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've got I've got the Darth Vader Visions <laughs> line uh, T-shirt. Uh, and I, I just love the stories with it. I love the design. Um, like for me, if you, if you get a chance, you should watch Yojimbo. Um, it is a black and white Japanese, like samurai flick. But if you watch that movie and then immediately turn on the duel, um, it looks like a shot for shot, just continuation of that story. Um, and it's from that moment, like with vision starting there, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm binging all of these. Um, it's nice to have like 10 minute Star Wars, 10 to 15 minute Star Wars that doesn't then prompt me to want to watch like another movie or some other hour and a half arc of something else. So like for those of us who, you know, you got your 15 minute breaks and your lunches and you're working that grind. Um, it's really nice to be like, okay, this sucks right now, but like, Hey, I can watch, a lightsaber duel in like 15 minutes that has no other repercussions to the galaxy. I can go back and not get distracted and being like, Oh man, but then that, you know, Luke Skywalker is going to show up in like three years or, you know, it's, it doesn't have that interconnectedness, which was nice to have in 2021 and have something that I can just like plug in, disconnect from, but still be in like the, the star Wars milieu. Um, And then Ronan as an audiobook experience is just like, way too long for like a one and done thing but yeah uh beautiful you're not saying live here that you were at work watching star wars right it was during your break time it was during my break time (laughs) yes 
<laughs> All right, just 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 in case. I have I have bookmarked those specific visions episodes, <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I can get this done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, favorite animated series again has to be Visions. It's the one when it was announced, I gravitated towards it. I've been an anime fan when I was younger, late '90s. Uh, not a lot of them, but some Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Samurai X, and then being even younger in the 80s, some of those big robot ones that I used to watch. So when Visions got announced, extremely excited about it. Then we didn't hear anything for a while, and then kind of the trailer drop or some images. Yeah, this is coming in about a month or something. And then just watching everything, like you said, it's, yeah, it's not canon. Who cares? They're just great stories that make sense in a Star Wars universe, kind of parallel universe. Uh, so I loved everything about it. I'll talk a little bit more when we talked about our favorite Visions episode. But yeah, everything about Visions I love. I'm pretty sure we're going to get a season two. If it's the same studios, following some of the same stories or just something completely new, we'll see. You can go either way. But I think that got such a positive reaction. They would be kind of weird if they didn't kind of keep exploring that area. And then I guess Ronin did great. So there's a lot they can do with it. Uh, Rachel, how about you? I'm gonna go with uh, with the, the people in the chat and say terrifying tales. Michael's specials are so cute. I love them. They bring me immeasurable joy. My friend refers to the Christmas one as sweater Poe entirely, but it's uh, I love that they focused on Poe Dameron. I love that it yeah. was these three tales that are the like the star wars version of a legend almost like mm -hmm. is that exactly how ben solo became kylo ren probably not but that's the version <laughs> that the galaxy has heard and i i loved it i thought it was charming and i've watched it a obscene number of times <laughs> i loved it i thought it was adorable and the wookiee's paw was so mm -hmm. funny i i yeah. lost it yeah, I mean, Lego doesn't miss. They know what they're doing with this type of, of little 40-minute movies. And watching Terrifying Tales was great. Everyone has said it reminded me of some of those early Simpsons, kind of three house of horrors when he, they have the monkey's fall. So, so it's a great kind of callback. I seen all these stories were, were, were great. Going back to Mustafar, Vader's Castle, the hotel. The hotel on the hut. I love seeing aliens just kind of with construction gear and stuff with a little helmet. Just I mean, the real villain of that piece was capitalism. Let's be yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> the same I, villain well, of Jurassic Park. I always find it funny. And then I think it was in Clone Wars. We have the Trandoshans, dog workers with their overalls and the jumpsuits. It's just <laughs> funny because they, it has to exist, right? In Star Wars, aliens have to be yeah. doing this regular eight to five. Taking 15 minutes on the break to watch some weird movie out there. Yeah. They have all those holo shows. So it's great seeing that. So, yeah, terrifying. Uh, so, Arsu, so where, where did you? Before I get into my favorite animated thing, I do want to shout out Terrifying Tales because it came out on my birthday and gave me baby Ben Solo on my birthday. So, that just felt very personal. Yeah. So, I just want to put that out there as a thank you. But, and of course, Ben Solo makes his return when Arsus here. Triumphantly. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite moment, I think, was Visions, which I wasn't expecting because when they announced it, I was like, okay, cool. Like, mm -hmm. I'm a child of the 90s Sailor Moon Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. I was like familiar with, yeah. with anime, but I was like, okay, that I don't quite know what to make of this. And then it's, it's like I just said, like it came out and it's these dis not disconnected, but not 
not sort of you're not waiting for Luke Skywalker to show up. You're not waiting for the next piece of the puzzle. It's just maybe a legend, maybe a nothing that exists in this galaxy. You kind of follow the logic because, you know, they have lightsabers. They talk about the Sith. Like, you know where you are, but it is so on its own and it works so well on its own. And like, just being so far removed from everything. Like I always think like the ninth Jedi being supposedly so far in the future from everything we know, I find Mm -hmm. deeply unsettling. In like a really good way. So like I just want to yeah. shout out Visions for that because I don't know, it totally exceeded any and every expectation I had of it. So for that yeah. reason it was my favorite moment of the year. All right. And Oti, how about you? Favorite animated series of the year? Yeah, no, for me, like I echo basically what Arisa just said. Um Visions. I I was excited. I, I was a Dragon Ball C fan and it, it was interesting to see Star Wars go back to its main roots. So I was excited, but then I wasn't like hyped up, like, oh, yes, finally, like, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. and watch them all. Like, that wasn't going to happen. And I started watching them and I find them, uh, I found them like so delightful and just fun to watch and something new, fresh breath of fresh air. Like, yeah, it just, I ended up loving it. Like, so, some of the episodes don't work for me that much, but the <laughs> ones that, do like yeah (laughs) Yeah. all right i will come back to that as we're talking about visions a little bit let's say before we jump in what the fans wrote on twitter on the chat eli from star wars and galaxy saying i'm calling it right now season two of the bad batch will be the dark horse of star wars in 22 not saying kenobi andor book of boba fett again book of boba fett is it 21 22 we had that discussion mando (laughs) season three won't be great but the bad batch will destroy again we'll see and then Mo saying, my favorite moment from Vision was the village bride saving reveal. And from the Bad Batch was seeing Hera, Chopper, and Saw Guerrera. Everyone loved that lightsaber reveal with a little heel kick. It was a great mm-hmm. moment. And then they just want to see Ochi, Ochi backs in a galaxy and <laughs> knocking down doors. All right. So our fans, mm-hmm. they voted with 52% of the votes. It was Vision. So... Yeah. This this was one of those that the Bad Batch just kind of went ahead, jumped in, was winning easy, and then I was kept going by, kind of visions took over. I don't know. Oh, there she is. I don't know if she... Rachel was so upset she did. Yeah, she said, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Batch didn't win. Rachel had to fix her camera. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for third kind of category... Now we're jumping to what was the best moment or the favorite moment of 2021, which was the High Republic. We're jumping to our favorite, the High Republic mm-hmm. book. We might have said already, but I'll start. I kind of mentioned already that if it's my favorite Star Wars book in general, favorite High Republic book has to be Into the Dark, just for the way it kind of challenged my perception of the Jedi and their, where they belong inside the Order. Um, when and then when they challenge, what do they do? Some take the barrage bow for other reasons, others decide to be way seekers, so they say, No, I gotta jump back into the Jedi Order and find myself in it. And then, of course, all that has kind of gone wild in the rest of the books. But Into the Dark is my favorite High Republic book, and I can't wait to see what Claudia Gray does with The Fallen Star. Mm-hmm. Which is gonna, I mean, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, wait. I don't even want to talk about it Not right ready. now. I think yeah. I, I think I can wait. 
<laughs> yeah, it's end of the year. Everyone has their emotions kind of off. Let's not talk about Fallen Star right now. But Rachel, favorite High Republic book? Um, I've only read a couple of them because I'm really, really bad at keeping up on things. Um, I really liked Rising Storm, but I feel like other people are going to talk about that. So I want to uh, shout out Race to Crash Point Tower, which is the first mm -hmm. middle grade Star Wars book I've mm -hmm. ever read. And I was really impressed. It handled some tough stuff really well. And it was just this really cute story. There is something deeply, deeply unsettling about carnivorous plants that can talk and use the force. I'm not okay with that in so many Just ways. wait. Yes. <laughs> no, Just I don't wait. like it. Meat. I don't want it. <laughs> They are I'm at their like, best and funniest in Race to Crash Point Tower. They only get scarier yeah. in the other books. I, my, my brain is singing the songs from Little Shop of Horrors, and I don't <laughs> like it. Yeah, finding everyone that drain gear, I don't want to spoil anything for you if you haven't read but Into the Dark when they kind of show up. Just change everything. Yeah, forget about no, denial I... at that point. Just give me those evil plants that just care about meat, like Andres said. And yeah, they're they're scary. And everything happening in the comic books with them. They, they're scary, but they're also like very silly at the same time. <laughs> something very it's like the same thing. If you have a Venus flytrap, you're like, that can't be like a thing, right? It's just a no. My mom has like three of them at, in her classroom. I've named them all Audrey too, and she doesn't get it, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the 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 race to Crash Boy Tower, I was really impressed, and I really liked. Um, I cannot remember the kid's name, but there's a he feels the force and can use it in such a way with mechanical things, which is oh, such yeah. a cool Ram. ability. Ram. Mm -hmm. Ram. Yeah, that uh, the idea that you could every Jedi has their own special skill set within mm -hmm. the Force as well, which is something that I, I think is really cool. Yeah. Ram, Joma Ram, which I, when the, uh, Midnight Horizon is coming out in a few weeks, or a couple, sorry, a few months, it's going to have a big part in it, apparently. So, again, one of those characters kind of introducing those, these middle grade books that a lot of people, older people like myself or anyone else, they kind of, yeah, those books are just for kids. Like some of the great High Republic books out there. The first one that I read, like I mentioned, Test of Courage, deals with a lot of things that you don't expect to get from a middle grade book. But so don't don't sleep on those. I, I always I always get on people for sleeping on Star Wars young adult books, but then mm -hmm. I I yeah. the best. sleeping sleeping on the middle grade books. So don't do that either. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Arsu, what was your favorite High Republic book? Oh, my favorite Star Wars book, full stop, is Rising Storm. Um, so obviously it's my favorite High Republic <laughs> book too because it gives me Marciano background. It mm. gives me plenty of time with Stellan Gios and those two are my favorite High Republic characters. So what's not to love? Yeah. I love that it has, you know, like the first half is a lot of fun and it's very light and it's almost like slice of life. Like we're all mm. preparing for the carnival, which is such <laughs> a real world book slash movie problem yeah. to have and then it goes full star wars in the back half and it gets very dark and very sort of heavy but for that mm -hmm. first half it's just so so like light and fun and <laughs> and then they mix it really well like the two so that's why it became my favorite star wars book period and it's my favorite high republic book there you go i mean rising storm it's yeah, there's just a lot to love about that book. Oh, wow. And you start, well, oh, do we have this zoo just in this floating island? That's not gonna it's end not up gonna well. go wrong Come at on. all. <laughs> and then, if you've read before this from Cable Scott, Dooku Jedi Lost, they have a similar kind of flying platforms that, that didn't work too well for everyone. So, yeah, I was waiting for everything kind of go downhill. And 
It did. But seeing yeah. all those... Go ahead. We got Star Wars. It's a small world. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> we have Jedi doing. Yeah. Little. And I, it introduced one of my favorite new Jedi's, which is Tyoric. I love that character. Uh, Jedi doing multiple acts with people. <laughs> sh- maybe sh- not shooting, but we know only man's. Let's yeah. go. Canonically, oh, canonically multiple. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Alti, I think you mentioned that on the Jedi at the beginning. Yeah, but I, I have to make a pause. Did anyone listen to the Rising Storm audiobook? No. no. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. So La- Laura knows. <laughs> they make Mark Thompson sing the song, like sing <laughs> the song. Yes, yes, it's oh. awesome. But does it sound like it's a small world? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I go find he, it. He, he does a very high pitched yeah. voice. Please <laughs> pay the whatever. Yeah, it's worth <laughs> it's worth the listen. Use yeah. use your next uh, Star Wars explained audible credit for the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Rising Storm yes. book. Yeah, just listen to it and give it back, and they'll give you a free one. So, okay, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite book, my favorite Star Wars book is Light of the Jedi. Um, Rising Storm was just that close, but. There's something about how Light of the Jedi brings us into this era, juggles all these characters, and it's funny because most of my favorite characters of the High Republic are not even on that book. We meet them later elsewhere, mm-hmm. but it, it, I think it's just such a solid entrance to this moment in time, and the book, more than anything, is about that moment in time, like what what's happening, the, the the historic consequences of everything that's going on. And I just love that book. Um, the introduction of the Nile and Mark and Roe as these just basically unstoppable force and how they just will continue to build throughout the era. Um, yeah, it's a perfect book for me. Yeah. What I love about Lot of the Jedi, a lot of it, but it's the way it starts, it starts so hopeful, right? Those first few pages, and then, oh, you like this captain and this crew that she's taking these poor <laughs> um, refugees, taking them over, dead. Oh, look at this poor kid, finally got the courage to ask his crush out dead. He's like, what? <laughs> what's going on? But then, that's, that, that's basically the whole book. Like, oh, you like this Jedi and yeah. this one? This is going to happen now. Like, Yeah, but then when the third chapter is going on and the planet is going to explode at the moon, I'm like, oh, come on, again? But then, oh, this is Avar Chris of the Jedi Order. We're here to help or something like that. I'm like, yes, they're here. So it kind of did a great job bringing you down and then just elevating you and giving you that hope. So yeah, a lot of the Jedi is so great. Uh, Lauren, which book kind of stood out for you? All great books this year, honestly. I mean, I, I think if you if if you had a certain kind of flavor, High Republic has it, whether it's comics or novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me specifically, I'll have to say Into the Dark, only because I like my stories on the darker side, <laughs> and I think this story, I love how they really dived into the a little more of the lore of jet of the Jedi, and then I think I love how each character kind of went through like a moment of like doing like a dark path like they were like there was just so much of that kind of introspective stuff in that book for me like i loved all that so like into the dark is probably probably i had to be my favorite high republic book but again rising storm as i mean arzu has said it's 
it's so good. Like it, mm-hmm. it really sets up, I think, what we're gonna see in the next phase of a High Republic, and it's and it's great. But for me, as far as like a fan, like Into the Dark, I just speaks to me more on like the the themes and the tone of it. I think it is for me. It was uh, it was my yeah. favorite. I agree. I already said it. I love that movie. <laughs> um, Andres, which one was for you? Uh, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Out of the Shadows, uh, a little dark horse. I think like I love the High Republic for how it again kind of gets back to like balancing politics and action and the the heady concepts of the force with the Jedi but Out of the Shadows gave me a lot of insight into like the the Yaros the, the guilds <laughs> um you know the republic and and how these different families are like kind of using and abusing the political system to to kind of get what they want and kind of these background machinations like it also to me made the nile a much more robust threat like Mm -hmm. when you if you're just reading the main books you kind of it feels like they're putting all their eggs into one basket and then something either works Mm -hmm. or doesn't work for them but out of the shadows kind of lets you know that like oh they have multiple like irons in the fire and like markian Rowe is not dumb enough to think that any one weapon is necessarily the the trump card like we'll we'll see if that's the case going into like next year, but it really kind of made me think of like, okay, the Nile are, there's a lot of different elements. Not all of them are even Raiders, right? Like mm-hmm. um, the events of that book prove that like there are elements of the Nile that are like hardcore R and D folks. And like <laughs> they're, they're only using the materials from the raids to do whatever else they're, they're like working on, but it's, it makes them a very different, like, treat and it also makes Lorna D like I'm rooting for her so much more and like yep. in a totally different way than when I started that which is something I didn't expect to have from a villain um in the High Republic knowing that there's so many different Jedi and so much stuff going on I was like the villains are just going to be the villains and in the back of my mind that's just what I thought but then having out of the shadows show so much more about Lorna D I was like okay like there's there's development happening here and like now I'm curious about what the Nile do or like what happens internally for them just as much as I'm concerned about what happens internally to the Jedi like going forward. Yeah, out of the shells have some great reveals, especially as you get closer to the end. But specifically for me also was Lorna D is now positioned and same when you read Tempest Runner. It's just positioned now to make her move against Markion, which we didn't think anyone will, will be able to because he's kind of in light of the Jedi and then in as you go in Rising Storm he's kind of that I mean he's still of course a top dog where he's kind of I gotta deal with the Jedi because I have my own vengeance against them but Lorna D especially then in Tempest Runner she's like ah I'm taking you down same yeah. as I did your your pops uh you're 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 gonna suffer now so yeah, <clears throat> Mark against this guy like the ground under him is trembling and mm-hmm. he's like very cocky, so he doesn't want to admit it. And the leveler was just like a like a band-aid to that trembling, but yeah. Things, things yeah. are going to get very interesting. Oh, the leveler. We'll get to some of those. Alright, so for our fans, our friends on the chat, Roberto is saying, favorite book, Light of the Jedi, but my favorite High Republic moment was in The Rising Storm. Elsar telling Stellan he needs help. Small but powerful moment. I completely yes. agree. Yeah, I love the friendship between Elzar and Stellan. I think it's like such a solid, like a solid male friendship that I mm-hmm. don't think we see enough of mm-hmm. in yeah. media. Like it's just pure. It's very obvious they love each other. <laughs> I 
I love this. So yes, Roberto, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And very, very poignant. Like it's, I think that's one of those moments that'll go down is like every now and then something happens in star Wars that co like aligns perfectly with the current moment. And it's like uh, a male asking another male for help after a year and some change of a pandemic, like in the real world and like reading that uh, was just like, okay, like, yes, this is, I'm glad that like fandom is going to have this conversation, even if it's in a roundabout way. It's like, you know, people were talking a lot about like when that book and spoilers were out on Twitter of just like, (laughs) yeah, like what would Anakin's life have been like if he just like broke down in front of Obi-Wan? It's like, Mm -hmm. those are conversations that get people's gears turning like oh like maybe i should ask for help about something it's like yes yes you should so like thank you high republic thank you for giving (laughs) us that moment yeah (laughs) all right and amy's adding into the dark maybe my favorite book but the force connection moment between ty and elsar in writing storm maybe my favorite Mm -hmm. moment in jedi riding dragons and the connection they had and again Mm -hmm. that's some of the great ty yorks of her connection with different creatures out there is great and Roberto is adding that Oti might be his lost twin because they, they think alike a lot. So, and that out of each other was a nice surprise. And for our friends on Twitter that made their voices heard on the polls, it was no surprise. Light of nice. the Jedi with 46%. Kind of a good, a good chunk of people love that of the Jedi. I think that one kind of just started as the number one and didn't didn't look back. All right, so here we go. We all love the High Republic, but as we mentioned before, there was a lot of new books out there this year. So favorite non-High Republic book. Ah, let's I I read a few of them or a, a lot actually. Um, and I, at least for myself, I'm going to throw out the two Throne books that we got this year. Throne Ascendancy, we got Lesser e- Greater Good and Lesser Evil, I believe, this year. I love Throne as a character. I love that people love him. I can't do the Throne books anymore. But we're talking <laughs> about favorite books. And it had to be for myself, because I didn't read Ronin, I'm sorry. Um, I should have wrote it down. I th- sorry. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Alphabet Squadron Victory Prize. Mm. They capped up the trilogy, which was a great trilogy. Might have not been my favorite one of all three, but Alexander Fried did a great job with those characters. Uh, some of the interactions with them were great. Uh, and I just said I had some issues with the Throne ones, and it, I think it's the way that Timothy Son writes space battles compared to Alexander Fried you feel for the mm-hmm. characters in Alphabet Squadron because it's smaller ships. We, you do get those big Star Destroyers and Republic Cruisers or whatever, but you feel what the characters inside those ships are feeling. Every time they get a shot, they're sweating. They'll tell you they're bleeding. In Throne, you don't know what's going on inside the Star Destroyers. Hey, just yaw the ship 180 degrees and then go three steps down the gravity well. Of, I don't care. If no one there is suffering, it's like, no, so, sorry, I, I'm digressing. So that's Captain Kennedy's favorite book, though. Like, I yeah. I, oh, yeah. you, you described yeah. that space battle, and like, Captain Kennedy read that, and then General Hux was they like, come, come help me blow up the car. And he's like, he's okay, like, let's yes. go. Captain yeah. Kennedy has the out of print edition <laughs> yeah. cover. Yeah. And they had some good covers. All the covers for the throne books were great, but I, I just said writing sock. Yeah, <laughs> just opens it up a picture of Thrawn. 
<laughs> All right. So like back, back when the empire meant something, and he just <laughs> <laughs> he quotes Thrawn all the time. Hugs yeah, like nodding. Yeah. I just pictured the Dexter's Laboratory meme, but it's a picture of Thrawn and like Captain Kennedy. Like I have failed you. Like as the rest, <laughs> as his dreadnoughts getting it, blown up by Poe Dameron. It's the sexy Thrawn, not the no, no, no. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Thrawn. That's right. <laughs> so we're trying to bring this back. So Rachel. <laughs> Which was your favorite non-High Republic book? I am getting kicked off this live stream because I don't think I read any of the novels. Let me get my button ready. Okay, she said it. All right. All right. So, <laughs> knows oh, about no. this. Right. We'll bring her back. You're fine. We, just, we move you down a little bit on your... I'm sorry. Just musical chairs. So let's... Was there any book out there that you didn't get a chance to read that you really want to get at some point? I read... Uh, part of Ronin, I just didn't get a chance to finish it, and I'm really looking forward to finishing it because it is very good. And I was really looking forward to Victory's Price. I've only read the first Alphabet Squadron, but I really mm -hmm. want to finish it. I love it. I mean, obviously, there's a character that idolizes Jin Erso. It's gonna be my favorite book. Yes, Chas. Chas and Chadik. Relentlessly on brand. Yeah, she just wants to go out in a blaze of glory, be remembered like those great, great heroes out there. Um, so I'm trying, okay, so Arsu, favorite non Republic book? So I have a favorite book, but I do want to shout out my favorite moment in anything that came mm -hmm. out this year that wasn't High Republic, and that was the end of Victory's Price. Um, because I'm not going to name names, but <laughs> if you've ever heard me speak, you know how much I love the idea of living redemption mm -hmm. and making up for what you've done. And I think the epilogue really speaks to that. So it moved me to tears in, in a way that mm -hmm. very few books did. But my favorite book overall for the year was The Life Day Treasury, actually. <laughs> there you <laughs> because go. Because mm. I love the holiday season. I love everything about it. And each of the stories was both very Star Wars. And if you like like the Christmas lore like I do and all of the other Christmas <laughs> stories, you can see like references to things like the Christmas Carol or like the, the Christmas truce of 1914. And like you, you can see little hints of that throughout. And apparently it was intentional. I mean, of course, not apparently. Of course, it was intentional because mm -hmm. otherwise it wouldn't be there. So... <laughs> I really appreciated that, and I think it's a it's an unsung gem. So yeah. it is the season. I highly recommend it. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of those I haven't gotten yet, but I, I've been close to getting it. But I'll say that ending those last like 30, 40 pages of Victory Prize, I think it's my favorite of the whole book. Because like I said, it wasn't my favorite book of the trilogy, but that ending kind of meant something for each character. Mm -hmm. I do agree it was very impactful. Uh, so Oti, any non-High Republic book that you can no, you want to talk about? Just kick me out already. So already another one. <laughs> Come on, you two. <laughs> All right, there you go. It's the gone. escape pod. This is his second time getting kicked out, so it's gonna stay there a little bit longer. <laughs> so Lauren, get oh, no. like a Bond movie, just <laughs> <laughs> Lauren. Do I have to kick you out, or do you have another? <laughs> you might have to kick me out. Oh no. no. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I have started Ronin. I have not finished okay. it yet, though. So I, I am enjoying it. But yeah, I, I, honestly, I've been so focused trying to like keep up with the High Republic. I mean, as Arzu probably knows or any of you guys know, it's hard to keep up with like everything, not just the books, but yeah. the comics and everything. So I've been trying to do that. And then like the non-High Republic stuff, like I have, I just haven't read it yet or I've started and haven't finished yet. So yeah. that's where I'm at with it right All now. Right. With my, you started rolling, same as Rachel, so we'll keep mm -hmm. you in. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot. And then <laughs> next year, we get a lot of great non-High Republic books with oh, yeah. Brotherhood, so good. Uh, I think oh, Shadows of the Sith, uh, the Padawan. Oh. 
There's we're a... getting Ventress back, kids. Yeah, we are Ventress getting back. more Ventress content. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh my yeah. god, I can't wait. All right, another oh. reason I had to kick Oti out. Roberto saying his favorite Raider Rebellion moment was when Oti compared himself to Oscar Isaac. <laughs> but we're talking about Latinos in Star Wars, but that's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> not saying anything. Um, so Andres. Talk about yeah. Ronin. I know yeah, welcome, welcome to Ronin Corner, y'all. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's if you loved Visions, if you love the duel, I, Ronin is just it's a great follow up. I I think my favorite thing is the the introductory chapters is literally a retelling of the duel. Hmm. So mm. it like I love that Emma Cannon did that because it it really gets you in the mindset of like. I could watch that episode again and be like, okay, the way that they are describing certain characters or certain movements or styles, like it's based off of that short in those first chapters. So it kind of lets you synchronize mm. um, with Emma Candon and like the, their writing style. Um, so I love that. I, I love the reimagining of the Jedi and the empire being, you know, the equivalent of the Republic. So like as a Western audience, um, I knew that that's, you know, that's a feudal, japan reference mm -hmm. um and the different emperors that they had historically um but it's it felt different from a western audience right like reading it from that uh frame of mind um so i just really loved how that felt um i love ronin just hands down full stop uh the the back of the uh book uh, jacket has uh, a quote from him saying uh, i am my own blood and these are my own people never again do i serve the jedi never again do i yield to their lords and like mm -hmm. as you read the book and and get into the understanding of what makes a sith in that galaxy um it just makes that line on the back of the book resonate so much more and it, it just speaks to me like my Star Wars tattoo happened to have a Sith Eternal logo and I finished <laughs> Ronin and I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm 100% into like <laughs> this imagery. And like if people want to go at it with me of like, ah, oh, but why the Sith? I'm like, you know what? I'm like an Emma Candon Ronin Sith. Like that's <laughs> go read that book and then come like, back to me with questions yeah. if you really want to like be all, oh, they're the bad guys. Like, yes, I know. I, I like them ironically. <laughs> I understand yeah. that they'll get blown up at the end. Um, <laughs> well, you know, they don't know in that Ronin Visions universe. Maybe they end up on top. You yeah. never know. Yeah, there's a potential there. Like there, <laughs> there it's actually fun to like play around and be like, you can be a Jedi or you can be a Sith. And there is this like yeah. playfulness to to both of them. Whereas, you know, with the canon story, it's like you can only love Darth Vader so much before it's like, all right, guy, like <laughs> calm, calm down. We get it. You want to choke people. All right, uh, I got my Darth Vader kind of jacket here for today, so I'll take that to heart. But see, that's stylish. That's yeah, not a thank choker. You, thank it's you. a blazer. It is a blazer. I got the the Death Star kind of lining inside. But Ooh, that's oh, fine. Look at that. That's fancy. And I'm sweating like hell. Like I said before we started, it's like eighty something here. All right. So and before well, we move I'm on, I'm cold and about to put my jacket on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it over like a forest. Okay. You know, <laughs> All right, so Amy said in Alphabet Squadron Victory Prize closed a tril trilogy so well and gave such an amazing analysis of the consequences after the Space Wars. I agree 100%. And for fans out there on Twitter, for the poll, with 42% of the votes, it was running. It was no questions. Actually, Throne, Lesser Evil kind of took a little early lead, but then Ronin just came out and... It's a good Sith would do. Just take out the whole competition. Fail. 
All right, this is, we talked before, holidays, Christmas, emotions are high. Let's bring it home. Most heartbreaking moment. Ah. They're coming to take you. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so I think most of us will end there. But the poll surprised me. But all right, Lauren, let's start Mm -hmm. with you. What was the most heartbreaking moment of 2021? Oh, man. I mean... (laughs) If we want to really talk into like fandom and Twitter, that'd be oh. a whole different conversation. Yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna stick positively talking about a heartbreaking moment. Um, you know, again, I, I'm gonna go back to Bad Batch. I'm gonna go back to that moment of seeing um, the city fall, and to see the you know where the clones started, and to see that all end was kind of emotional. Like I didn't think I was going to get like that emotional about it, and I'm not a crier, but like I, you like. <laughs> You're like, God, dude, this is really like, it just felt like it was just, it was done. You know, those, like I said, I talked about earlier, like that shot of going through the complex and no one was there. It was totally vacated. It was just like silence. Like it was such a great shot and just how they did that. It was, it was really, it was heartbreaking. It really was to see that, to see that fall and kind of wondering throughout the season too. Like, is that what we're going to see? Is that where we're going to end the season? And it was, and it was as heartbreaking, I think, as, you know, what we expected from Dave Filoni in yeah. animation, for sure. So, yeah, that, that would have to be my moment, for sure. Okay. Yeah, and it's, I watched part of it a few weeks ago, just getting some clip or something, and just mm-hmm. watching the end, it, yeah, yeah, it kind of hits you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Andres. Uh, yeah, RIP Loading Great Storm. Um, I still got very i still feel very feely when people <laughs> post on twitter like pictures of dust and stuff and are like oh look it's loaded and i'm like y'all are oh, ruthless <laughs> like, like i know i know that that's a canonical fact but man y'all are just savage out here yeah. um yeah it, i think that was also the first time in a long time that i had had my expectations subverted in a book within the last like 10 pages it's mm-hmm. literally the last thing that happens um in rising storm and i just remember closing the book and being like oh okay <laughs> like i thought that was gonna end with this. <laughs> yeah i thought it was gonna end a certain way i thought the really sad part of rising storm was earlier in the book and i was like yeah they overcame the challenge it's all gucci and uh yeah those <laughs> last five pages I was like oh, oh the no. narrator <laughs> andreas it was not gucci real quick i want i listened to that book on audio and i think um what he did too it was like I remember listening to that, and then it just like stopped. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is that just happened." Okay, wow. so all right, yeah. <laughs> there's the end of the audiobook. It was yeah, yeah, it was crazy. That was a crazy ending. Yeah, and it's weird because Light of Jedi ends a similar way as far as like the very end of the mm-hmm. battle taking a, a, sh- a sharp left turn. Mm-hmm. So it's like in some ways it's like I should have expected it, right? Like the Nile have. <laughs> They always have this kind of ace up their sleeve that Mark Yonro mm-hmm. plays at the last moment to get the Republic to like back off. Um, and yeah, you just don't see it coming in Rising Storm. And then it's like, ah, you're going to take <laughs> going to take one of the good ones away. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> Rachel. Um, well, for heartbreaking moments, I saw Rogue One twice in a month. Do not recommend. <laughs> also, do not recommend watching it in the theater with your siblings because I will cry and then I will be relentlessly mocked the entire drive home. <laughs> but I'm going to go again with the end of Rising Storm, although I'm not sure if I was actually sad or if I was actually terrified. 
Um, yeah. Ask Arzu. All I did for about the next twelve minutes after I read it, I did not return to my normal life. I just kind of what? yelled and asked, "What the hell just happened?" Because I was like, "Please, my copy. There has to be missing pages here." Missing pages. I remember. No, what just? I don't know what the leveler is that I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> but I mean, a runner up is every time somebody failed Lauren and D in Tempest Runner because mm-hmm. I, I was actually feeling feels for a villain yeah. and that's rare. But yeah, High Republic just kind of took my heart and ground it under its heel a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I remember after Rising Storm came out, everything I was seeing on Twitter was, oh, you should see, see my DMs with Suam. So we're all just. Trying to deal with the ending of Rising Storm. Oh no, what's what's coming? I don't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. I think oh. I just yelled at Hannah for about forty-five <laughs> minutes, and it was just, "What just happened?" She's like, "You're okay. You're gonna process this. You're gonna be fine. Just yeah. breathe. <laughs> just breathe. <laughs> You're fine." All right, Alti, kind of similar vein with poor Mister Greatstone. I'm torn, man. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Nah, I'm gonna go with the ending of the Bad Batch. Okay, and it's it, it, it was heartbreaking in the sense like it was the second time I think I've seen my childhood die, and it's <laughs> weird because I'm almost Aww. thirty. But um, yeah, like it's it's that imagery of seeing the hallways empty. Like um, it, it just took me back to seeing Attack of the Clones for the first time and seeing that facility. Full of clones, full of people just walking around in clone armor and seeing it empty. It's such a powerful image. And then just seeing, uh, I don't know how to say it, Tapioca City, uh, the Poca City. (laughs) Yeah, like sinking. I I was honestly like heartbroken for, and and I wasn't even, I'm a fan of the Bad Batch. I really liked it, but I I wasn't like that invested. I took gaps of episodes Mm -hmm. that I didn't watch and then like came back and watched it all. Uh, I, I was just heartbroken at that moment. Yeah. Uh, so just to finish up, for me, it has to be Loden. Oh, sorry, Arsu. I'll, I'll go back. You go, then I'll go. Yeah. Kick him out. Kick him out. <laughs> I can't. Kick I myself out. All right. Uh, you guys. Yes. That's it. All right. We all right. Arsu, okay. go ahead. Run it. Welcome to the Martian Row Hour. I'm your yes. host. Yes. <laughs> I've been waiting. All right. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. We're going to stop there. We were this close. <laughs> All right. So we are on the verge of greatness. <laughs> so why? I don't even, I can't go. Uh, so seeing Lowell and Greystorm die at the end of uh, Rising Storm was because after the Light of the Jedi, you can, okay, that happened, but he has to be back. Poor Bell, he's he gotta get his master back. And all through Rising Storm, you're seeing Loden kind of little by little trying to gain some energy, trying to escape. He's finally out, he's kicking butt, doing backflips, jumping off, saying, I don't know, uh, point me to where danger is or something like that. So, yeah, he's back. And then, no, that level comes. And the way it ends with Stellan just or everyone around him, what happened, Bell there. And then, to make it even worse, is this comic book. Uh, I forgot the name of it. Trail of Shadows. Trail of Shadows. And then you see the image of him just... As Very powerful. Stoned. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that made it 100 times worse. So that 
for myself as the most heartbreaking moment, mm. apart from getting kicked out of my own show. But <laughs> also <laughs> kind of finish up this one. So as sad as Load and Great Storm is, and it really, really was because Candace and Hope, two of my fellow waffles, he was their favorite character. So pick mm. them up off the ground. But the saddest moment for me was the ending of Akakiri. Oh. Because not only because the ending itself is very sad with, you know, with him saving her and then immediately having to leave and join the Sith because that was the deal he struck. But also because if you watch it in programming order, that's the last thing mm-hmm. you see. That's mm-hmm. the note Visions leaves you on. <laughs> like all of these semi-hope, I mean, it's all hopeful because everybody's still alive. He can come mm-hmm. back. No, You know, no one's ever really gone. But it ends on such a gut punch that mm-hmm. I just sat there for like, <laughs> God knows how long just reeling from the ending of this because of how sad it was. So, so that was my saddest moment. Yeah. I think you're right. And when we did our Visions episode with Lauren, I think Akakiri was one of my least favorite episodes uh, for different reasons. But yeah, that ending, it is very powerful. It's very heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And one yeah. that I forgot about when we we're doing this show or preparing the show. So I try to you, forget too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Forgive. <laughs> All right, so Mo is kind of agreeing, saying Akakiri, Akakiri, which again, me and Laura had, is, how do you pronounce this name? It was so <laughs> chilling, the Vader parallels were strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the people on Twitter, they were with Lauren and Oti saying their most heartbreaking moment with 33% of the votes was the wow. destruction of Tipoka City. Very close was the death of Loden Grace, and we're 31%, but mm. the ending to the Bad Batch really hit hard to a lot of folks out there. And from a sad moment, let's go a little bit happier with the biggest surprise. What was the biggest surprise of the year for you guys? Also, I almost forgot you last time, so I'll start with you so I don't forget about this. Sorry, you're not ready? We'll go with someone. No, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm like, what happened this year? <laughs> All right, I'll start then. Uh, so my biggest surprise, I'll go to High Republic, and I think Oti or Lauren mentioned a little bit at the beginning, it's the way the Jedi use the Force or connect to the Force in this era. Because we've heard about it before any books came out. They said, yeah, and the Jedi kind of feel the Force a different way. For one, it's music. For other, it's a leave in the forest. But yeah, sounds cool. How do you put this into motion? And then when you read the books, and like you said, Oti, with Eivor, then hearing everyone in the force and being able to, con- to kind of guide everyone and seeing uh, Buriaga fi- feel someone else, a bunch of this container, all the people over there feel their fears and kind of help with that situation. Uh, and everyone else, the way also man feels, and he just goes down to the end of the ocean and kind of, rise the waves kind of per se and then just the way everyone connects to the force it's something we didn't have never seen in star wars and each author has been great exploring this facet of it so i think that was my biggest surprise it's just the way that jedi connect to the force in this new era i'm ready are you ready you're ready all right (laughs) okay but you a few minutes (laughs) my biggest surprise like also with the higher public was the Nile and I made jokes before the books came out about of course it's a masked villain with daddy issues of course I'm gonna love him but (laughs) like the I had sort of gotten the impression from the press conference that they were going to be fairly one-dimensional they're Mm -hmm. space pirates they're scary but 
the depths to which they went with them with Martian, with Lorna, like how their system works and what each of them wants and the levels of betrayal and, you know, the, the pain and the angst that motivates them, which isn't just, you know, evil, but they they do have yeah. reasons to be the way they are. Mm -hmm. I think I shouldn't have been surprised because these are fantastic authors, but the depth they gave the Nile when there are so many more Jedi, like not that they don't focus on the Jedi, they absolutely do, but that they gave that same level of care to the villains yeah. was an excellent surprise because you know how much I love my villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I agree because for the first uh, three quarters of Light of the Jedi, I was like, yeah, they're just Marauders, Pirates. We've seen this before. There's no, nothing new. Why are the Jedi afraid of these guys? And then it goes, and like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Lauren, biggest mm -hmm. surprise? You know, I will say visions in a in a beautiful way because i think mm. you know I, I was not very familiar with anime style like you know i've seen it but mm -hmm. i wasn't like a huge like fan i just never got into it as a kid or as i got older but i was excited when they finally like started showing stuff and we got closer to it and then it came out and it exceeded anything that i thought i was going to see going into that and in, into those short stories and it was amazing. I mean, the the animation style was great. These new characters that they created are just like right there for more. Like, I mean, we got the Ronin book. I want more on the Bride, the Ninth Jedi. Like, I want more of all of these characters. So, you know, I, I I'm hoping for a season two. I just like I think we talked about before, Alberto. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Visions to me was a big was a surprise, and I'm glad a lot of fans loved it. Like, it's clearly it it's it's universally loved by star wars fans which is semi-rare in these days but everybody's <laughs> seem to really enjoy it and like you said there's so many different like stories like each story you could choose like something out of it that you loved and it, like and it didn't matter like we've all talked about earlier like visions it didn't care it doesn't matter about luke or leia or han or any of it like it was just star wars in itself and it was beautiful. Like just the stories they told, the animation style. It was great. That was probably my biggest surprise. Cool. We'll be talking more about visions on our next category. So I'll wait a little bit. Um, Andres, how about for yourself? Um, biggest surprise, I Ronin. am going to go with... Uh, uh, no, I'm going I'm to surprise <laughs> you again. Uh, Edge of Balance. Um, oh. It's, you know, it was in that same vein. I think like visions month and the time around it because it was like visions yeah. um edge of balance uh ronin was coming out after that uh it was just such a beautiful time to be a fan that like wants to see more of like japanese uh type stories and imagery come through and like the manga for me was a home run like i had read i think in like middle school and high school i was like picking up shonen jump uh books every mm. now and then so i've like read bits and pieces of different manga arcs and like edge of balance just hit that tone perfectly like the the drawing like the panels how it was done my only gripe is like it wasn't it was a uh, bound like uh reading left to right mm. uh from the front to the back but you read manga from the back to the front like in the the way that they yeah. bind the books I was, I was so looking at it the other day and that, that surprised me yeah, I was like literally considering that they nailed everything else about the aesthetic, like the story was co-written. So like it also to me showed that like 
the High Republic, the the Luminous authors are trying to do it right. Um, mm -hmm. Because like I was like, it, this could have easily been picking up someone who draws in, in the manga art style and then letting like telling a Western story with it. But like Justina Ireland co-wrote it with a Shima. Uh, Shinya, yes, um, and it and it shows like in in the way that it gets paced and the way that you know um, what these characters are concerned about and the conversations they have and how they have them, um, just reeked of manga to me. And I was like, okay, this is this is right. Um, and it could have been so many different things, like with how well High Republic was doing. Mm -hmm. Disney, you know, could have rubber stamped something and been like, whatever, they'll they'll eat it up. They're eating up the comics, they're eating up the books, but like they took the time. They got it right. I can't wait for the the second one, um, and I'm so thrilled to have manga like a Star Wars manga that is definitely going to be in one of my shelves. And I apologize in advance to all the other books in my bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to unceremoniously throw them into a, a luggage <laughs> a, or something. A pile. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I haven't read Edge uh, of Balance. Unfortunately, it's one of those that okay, I get it, but I haven't haven't had the chance yet. Uh, Rachel. Biggest surprise, seeing well, Rogue One again. <laughs> that that everything's about Rogue One, geez. <laughs> Most things. Um, I mean, the biggest not surprise of the year was that now again, I am thirsty for a villain in a mask and daddy issues, and I'm blaming people on this chat that I'm not going to name, <laughs> but they know who they are. No. Um, Obviously, Laura. But uh, seeing Kira again, actually, I have wanted mm. to see her again. And I've always been, uh, because she fascinates me as clearly someone with her own agenda. And mm. I love her. And then I picked up War of the Bounty Hunters because I heard there was all this cool stuff with it. I haven't, I haven't finished the whole entire arc, but uh, I got to the last page and they showed it was Kira. And I think I screamed and threw my comic book across the room. <laughs> yeah. Scared the heck out of the dog because he's like, um, hello. But yeah, I was so psyched that she was back. Yeah. Oh, and Mo just said in the chat too, Fennec Shan and the Bad Batch, like we knew she was going to be there, but actually yeah. having her in the Bad Batch was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. yeah. And I'll say that Kira reveal what spoiled to me around 6 no, about 8 30 no. in the morning. Someone on Twitter, of course, had to post a picture yeah. of her. And I'm like, really? Dude, yeah. this is downloading. I'm going to read it in a few minutes. <sighs> it is 8 in the morning. Calm down, people. Yeah, I mean, right now, if it's 6 and you, haven't, you don't have your review, recap, and reactions on YouTube, you're doing it wrong. So, That's right. People out there. I, I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars so much. I don't love Star Wars enough to get up early for it. Yeah. I think there are limits, and that is one of them. Yeah. All right, Otti, biggest surprise. So uh, Rachel took mine. So, uh, <laughs> but well, it's the same way. No, use... but but it, 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 it's interesting because I had it spoiled, but I didn't know I had it spoiled. Oh. I saw the picture and mm. I was like, you know, it was early in the morning. I was scrolling and I saw someone like they made Solo to have, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, new, new comic book. Let me read it. I started reading and got to the final page. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, that out of all of the things I was expecting out of World of the Bounty Hunters, which I think was okay at the end, like the whole story, uh, um, I was not expecting it to be a secret <laughs> solo sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was gonna get it, of course, it's Boba Fett, I'm gonna get it, and then everyone was, oh man, that reveal at the end, that reveal, and I, okay, I really gotta get it now. Not, not that I'm gonna read it at work. 
I did. Um, but then I got spoiled. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it got spoiled before I got to it. Damn it, I'm just going to not follow this person anymore. All right. So this was a surprise for me, the one that got the most votes. But it might not be a surprise to some of you here because with 57% of the votes, the biggest surprise was the return of Kira. Yes. There we go. So I had no idea that this was going to take the top spot, but it did pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. All right. So bringing us back into Crimson Rain where we get yeah. to Kira. Yeah. All right. So for Lauren, we'll start with you because you said Visions was one of the biggest surprise. So mm -hmm. favorite Visions, Star Wars Visions episode. We might have mm -hmm. different takes here. Mm -hmm. I know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. So Lauren, favorite Visions episode. Yeah, I remember when we talked about this uh, a few months ago, I think our list was yeah. very interesting. I think we were sometimes in the same, sometimes not. Um, I will say the Ninth Jedi was probably my favorite. I, okay. I, I honestly go back and forth between that and the Village Bride, but I, I give Ninth Jedi the nudge only because that felt the most Star Wars, and it felt so real that like that could be happening somewhere in another like in that galaxy that we don't we're not aware of like it felt like a really awesome star wars story and it had that little kind of intro that felt a little more star wars than the other ones the story was great i loved like the perception of lightsabers that they did in that episode about it, it depends on who you are and if it's red you're a sith or whatever like that's so cool like i loved all that kind of concept and ideas that they did in the ninth jedi so I really hope they do a follow-up to it in season two because I would love more yeah. of those characters for sure. But we talked about that too, Alberto. Like every episode has something that we liked. Yeah. I mean, I could carry as 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 some people as one of their favorites. That it's at the bottom, but there that ending was probably the best. I mean, honestly, that was one of the best endings I think in all of the the short stories. So it's just how it's just how you you know how you enjoyed visions and everything like that. And I will. I, I want to give an honorable mention though to to um, the twins, because Alberto, you mm. and I talked about the chaos of it. <laughs> yeah. And how it made completely no sense that two people were fighting out of space and the deaths and like destroyers. It made completely no sense. But it was the greatest thing I think I've seen <laughs> visually and everything. Like that was. I had to. I had to say that because it, you and I talked about that before, yeah. and it, it was so good. Twins was us a a, a nice surprise. Uh, so I was going to wait till the end to say my pick. Well, go ahead. It's the twins. The twins is the greatest <laughs> thing out there. Paris is a Jedi. It makes zero sense. It's a chaotic, beautiful mess. Why does the <laughs> droid have a space helmet? But uh, Am, I think, mm -hmm. the, the brother, <laughs> it's upside down on an X-wing, cutting through destroyers. Um, Carrie doesn't care. She doesn't want to be safe. I just want more evil energy. <laughs> that I'll just jam the Kyber Christian myself, had 10 different lightsabers, but it was beautiful. The colors at the end, it was everything I love about anime. And I compare it to Dragon Ball Z. Every time Goku is fighting against Frieza or Cell mm. or these evils, they just keep getting more powerful in my final form. And, and they just keep growing and growing. That's how I saw Carrie kind of just keep growing. I just love everything about the twins. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite episode, and I, I'll watch it every day of the week if I could. So, <laughs> and I can, so I will. Uh, Andres, favorite yeah. visions episode. 
Uh, I'm I'm gonna keep going back on my duel. Uh, <laughs> me and Ronan, it's it just felt so fresh and and just unique. I also love that kind of um like very picky use of color. Um, mm-hmm. I love it when when directors do that, whether it's in live action or animation, because it's it's a choice, um, and it just really speaks to like it draws it always draws attention to me of like okay these blades are red but like uh the the r2 unit that uh that ronin has his lights are blue so like there's it's kind mm-hmm. of having this weird juxtaposition um in this world that doesn't have a lot of color mm-hmm. um using the force to like hold that blade and that moment always is kind of like a <gasps> kind of moment for me when i see him cuz <laughs> you know the sith band is just like oh i'm just going to mop the floor with you and he's just so <laughs> in tune with himself that he can just like i'm gonna hold the blade right here um <laughs> and and just has that kind of command of the force um which is just it's just very interesting it, it it captured my attention i love it in the japanese uh subbed version i love it in the dubbed version um yeah it's it's my favorite i love it all right uh rachel uh, so, Confession of the Evening, I have never watched anime before Visions. Okay. Um, I know I'm getting yeah. kicked off the chat again. No, I thought you were going to say you haven't seen Visions, and then you were getting kicked <laughs> off. But if you haven't seen anime, that's fine. No, I saw Visions, I promise. Um, but I'd never watched anime unless the original Teen Titans counted, because Teen no. Titans Go was not good. <laughs> um, but I loved a lot of it uh, on your poll it was hard for me to pick because yeah. all of my favorites were in the first half and that's how you divided them um, <laughs> yeah I, I put them in order I didn't include uh, Tatooine Rhapsody because I can have nine so I did two polls of four uh, sorry and you'll see what we my friends and I were picking what part of Visions to watch because we could only fit half in one evening. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we, we had like three of us pick an episode and then we like, we just have to watch the first half. All of our episodes are in the first half. <laughs> I think Ninth Jedi might mm-hmm. be my favorite. Um, a close second with the Village Bride. So um, Lauren and I are twinsies here. <laughs> um, I don't know why a story of a daughter carrying on her father's legacy mm-hmm. to start fighting for what's good might work with me but you know i'm getting big jinner so vibes from this um i love this story i love that it was like the future of when the jedi were gone because it kind of brings me back to that point in the force awakens when people are like i thought the jedi were a myth and i just thought it was really cool and the idea that i mean it's the idea that you're supposed to have the kyber crystal that sings to you is the idea in star wars Mm -hmm. um Brings all whole the wand chooses the wizard thing, but the idea that the crystal changes color to fit you is mm. really cool to me. And of course, I'm wondering what my crystal would be. And, <laughs> and I love the world of that. In yeah. That short. Yeah, that part about the uh, lightsaber changing colors depending on the person was great. Seeing how it turned from that dull color to green, and then mm. the other guy that was with the Sith kind of then his blade turned purple when he was kind of okay sorry I just following them because peer pressure basically and then came back <laughs> just say no dude just yeah. say no <laughs> um Otti you have a favorite visions episode yeah so I'm I'm between ninth Jedi and the twins also um <laughs> I I think I'm gonna go with the twins ninth there we Jedi, go. I, I like it because it's <laughs> I'm the kind of person that's like, oh, I want new Star Wars. I want new takes. But then I'm like, where's Luke? Where's Darth Vader? <laughs> so the ninth Jedi like 
flies the closest to the Star Wars we know. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, the twins is just so bonkers. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm constantly going like, what am I watching? But not in a the room way, more like in a <laughs> no way home way. Like how did Deep this come right together? There. Like this, like wow and that part with the lightsaber i was like okay no anything can happen right now anything can happen like and again in a good way i go back to lightsaber stilettos like that yeah that moment in the twins i'm like oh okay yeah i need disney to make me a pair of these because i'm already tall and i just need like four inch lightsaber stilettos yeah wrap up my look all right and arsu uh, so I think my favorite was the Village Bride mm. because I have said before that Star Wars is tragic romance. This one was not tragic romance. It mm. had a happy ending, mm-hmm. and I just thought like that, and the way they sort of like they do this a little bit in canon too, but talking about how different people who aren't Jedi like perceive the Force and how they live alongside the Force. I love that the Village Bride touched on that as well. And then F's whole story sort of mingling, like somebody who traditionally uses the force versus, you know, this community that doesn't. And then my runner up would be the elder. Okay. It's like, it's a very quiet, gentle one. Not, not a lot happens until mm. suddenly it does, but those were, that was kind of the vibe I liked most in visions was like the quieter ones. Yeah. Elder is my second favorite. I love that one to me felt a lot like star Wars, similar to ninth Jedi, mm. but the elder also had a lot of star Wars feel to me. All right, so our friend Amy is saying in the chat that I have a very hard time picking a favorite Visions episode, but The Elder really speaks to the part of me that loves a beautiful master-apprentice relationship. Yeah. I'm not a fan, so I'm going to have to say three because the way I did the poll, like I said, were two different polls. A lot of the fan favorites were on that top one. And I thought uh, that Village Bride, because that got a lot of kind of wheels on Twitter, but the top three, where am I here? Top three visions with 39% was the elder, 35% love and arch that we didn't talk about, and 33% the ninth Jedi. So very close for all those. Surprised not to see Village right there. Surprised not to see that duel because those two, along with ninth Jedi, kind of dominated Twitter for a long time. Mm-hmm. And love and arch, a lot of people love love and arch little rabbit person yeah. ah. <laughs> all right so we got four more categories and i'll we'll try to go a little bit faster uh so bad batch favorite bad batch characters same thing there's a lot of characters in the bad batch not just that core group plus of course bringing omega making it five is crosser still part of the bad batch by the end of the season um i'll go ahead and start <sighs> Even though I had my issues with Bad Batch, I think my favorite character is going to be Echo. I love when he joined the Bad Batch at the end of Season 7, and I love his kind of trajectory through the first season. Aesthetically, I love his armor the most of all. I love his helmet, just uh, everything. His look was great. The relationship he has with Tech the first couple of episodes was really funny to me and kind of complemented each other. But it kind of took a little bit away from tech, which was my favorite during Clone Wars. We kind of, they serve similar roles, but I think Echo was my favorite Bad Batch character for, at least for season one. Um, we'll go in order. So Arsu, how old are you? 
Mine was Echo too. Um, I'm just attached to him from the Clone Wars anyway, but Mm -hmm. I think my frustration with the Bad Batch was Echo had so much good dramatic potential that I don't Mm -hmm. think they really leaned into enough. So I'm hoping season two, fingers crossed. But yeah, Echo. Mm -hmm. Echo was my standout. All right. Lauren? Uh, I'll have to go with Tech. Tech was just my favorite, just nonsensical, like he told you like straight to the point stuff. Like it was just, he had really good moments of Mm -hmm comedy but he was so serious and he was just so matter of fact that it was just it played really really well and i love his character I, I, tech is probably one of my is my favorite yeah he has some good one-liners also right mm-hmm. everyone loved that echo joke mm-hmm. i mean that was tech, uh, whatever he has some good ones <laughs> um so andres how about your favorite bad batch um character? i'm gonna go with an imperial of uh, vice admiral rampart, rampart. <laughs> um it's been a it's been a while since we got an imperial who like is with the program like he knows what tarkin wants and he knows what promotion means in this era of the galaxy and like yeah we're gonna get those imperial credits yep i'm getting chain codes instituted yep you've got project war mantle up and running mr tarkin sir like he's he's here for it he knows he knows what it means to survive in the empire and like i appreciated that angle of the bad batch of character who was just like nope yep Yes, yeah. sir. So is Rampart a Throne fan? You think he would be a Throne fan, or I, I think he would have. Like, I, I think uh, Rampart probably gets his hand forced by Tarkin to like go along with the Death Star project <laughs> and everything after everything shakes out. But yeah. I think in the grand scheme of things, because like he, he looked like he had a blast blowing up uh, <laughs> Camino. Yeah. So, like, Admiral Thrawn would definitely be a pro-orbital bombardment, and Rampart was, like, also A-plus Let's on go. that one. <laughs> All right, Rachel? Uh, I got to go with Hunter. Um, okay. As somebody who manages groups of people with very different personalities, I feel Hunter on a very deep level trying to keep everyone together. And I just love some of the, the arc he goes through where he starts to care about things past survival. Mm. Um, although, dude, shout out, not in the poll, to Gonky, who is the greatest <laughs> yes. character of yeah. all time. Yeah, like Gunk Droid. Gunk Droid, yes. It was mm-hmm. great. He helped Wrecker kind of do a little bit lifting and that all this stuff. Kept the team in shape. Yeah. Uh, Otti, how about you? Yeah, so it's hard. It's not really that hard to pick when your daughter is in the show. So my daughter, <laughs> Omega, that's yeah. my favorite character in the yeah. entire show. Yeah, I, I a guess, little biased, but okay. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> so ever since she showed up at the beginning of the show, like I had like this massive soft spot for her. And yeah, I just tuned in to see what she was up to. And <laughs> I will continue to do so. Yeah. Okay. All right, so same as we did for Visions, I had to put two polls because there were so many characters in the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. and you can't have one without the other. And of course, it was Omega and Hunter that took the top spot. Omega easily 61%, and then 36% for Hunter. But they just they complement each other, right? If you're going to have Omega, you need Hunter there, and same vice versa. All right, so, and yeah, you guys in the chat, let me know who was your favorite Bad Batch character. And here I had to change the name of this category because I know not everyone is a villain. Might be an antagonist, depending on how you you see them. 
But the favorite villains and antagonists, and we'll go the other way because I want to leave Arsu for the end. I don't know why, because we, we know where she's going. Who knows? But I might Oti... surprise you. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Oti, we'll start with you and then just go around. Who was your favorite? You can call them, call them a villain, antagonist. Can be one person, two if they're in a group. I Let mean, you tried to stop something from happening, but here you go. Mark and Row, like, that's the right answer. Like, yeah, the only one. Yeah. Um, I was surprised because you, you you see um, Charles Soule talking like, oh, it's so hard to make an iconic hero, a villain like Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. I'm like, yeah, and you guys made the most iconic villain since those two. Like, yeah. Uh, and he just fits in so well into Star Wars. He he's a reminder that the dark side is not exclusive to people with you know dark robes and red lightsabers. Like he, like you see his intentions. You see like he he's pushing back on something that he kind of also also fears. But he's evil, like he's yeah. undeniably <laughs> evil, like and yeah, he's a monster. But I love him every time he, he can murder Bell and be like, "You asshole!" But I love you. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't Do you hate outside. him anymore if he kills Bell? No. Yeah. no. I, Ember, I Ember is my hard line. If Ember dies, yeah. I'm burning something down. Yes. Yeah, so this year I've been on a campaign like we have to stop killing animals in movies and books and everything. So please don't kill them. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. unnecessary. Like, all right, Rachel, yeah. how about um, you? I was going to talk about Markian Rowe because big alien man hot, but I feel like <laughs> others are going to have that covered. Um, so I'm going to talk about Lauren and D. Um, cool. I love her. Mm -hmm. I love every time she kills a man for bothering her. Um, <laughs> Not that I would, but every woman who's had that moment of somebody like, hey, baby, and she's just like, no, it's not going to happen. No. Right. And I love Thank that. You. And I just love her story in Tempest Runner and how um, how much you find out what makes her who she is and how there's still that spark in her that wants to maybe be a better person. Mm -hmm. But she does also really like her own way. And I really am eager to see what she gets up to because I feel like she could have have a lot to say in the future. Yeah. Well, I'll get to it when I was much. So if I ever cosplay a Twilight, I'm gonna be Lorna D with full helmet and probably die of heat stroke. <laughs> yeah. Just file your file your teeth down to make them sharp. It's not just for the man out there in the Twilight. Uh so Andres, favorite villain or antagonist? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna also go with Lorna D. I I had a blast learning about her in Tempest Runner. Um, mm -hmm. That was the first audio book that I was like, I'm gonna listen to because one, it was High Republic, and then two, when I got to the end of Out of the Shadows and hearing what that Tempest Runner was gonna focus yeah. on, Lorna D. I was like, okay, this is my Rogue One to New Hope moment, and it's gonna <laughs> be from book to audio book. Um, and sure enough, right, like just pays off right in the first couple of uh, minutes of that audiobook. Um, but it's it's really great. It 
her story makes me feel like the the she is the actual core of what the Nile stand for. Like if you were to read the the you know the brochure of the Nile, and it's like <laughs> do what you want, answer to yourself. Like you know we respect each other and we live a life that's good by our standards, not someone else's. Lorna D is the actual poster child of that organization. Uh, Marky on road that has a little too much family issues, a little too much mm -hmm. agenda vendetta things going on for him to feel like the proper eye of the storm after getting to the end of Tempest runner. Um, and I never thought I'd, I'd root for someone else within the Nile to take Marky on Rose title. Um, but yeah, I was like, Lorna D is the, that vision brought to life. Um, and I would love to see her, take it all like let, let her own the leveler and and run the storm i would love to see we'll that see. happen it's it might happen i don't know if she'll take the leveler but maybe she'll be running the nile soon soon enough uh lauren how about you mm -hmm. um you know i'm gonna stick in animation and i'm gonna go with crosshair i think cool. his journey throughout that first season was really interesting to me and i i look forward to see what they're gonna do in season two because of how they left it i mean he's a a guy that thought he was doing it for the right reasons right he he was following the empire because that's what he's known and you know i think it's gonna take his brothers to and it's you know what it's kind of setting up as his team bringing them back to showing him that you know what they were doing before you know and what he's doing now is not great and that they he needs to come back with them so i find his whole arc very interesting and i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him uh, forward within season two, for sure. Yeah, it would be interesting if he comes back at some point in season two, or he just stays bad for the rest of the yeah. show. Which I kind of want. Either way, yeah, it yeah. Could go either way, really. It would yeah. be interesting. Yeah. All right, Arisu, are we gonna be surprised? So let's talk about Thrawn. I'm kidding. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, where's my Where's my mute button? So, Marcian <laughs> my big alien man, hot. So. <laughs> My thing with him is, like Andres said, he has so much going on that he doesn't even really feel like the eye of the storm anymore. He's keeping it together with duct tape and wishes, but he's <laughs> trying. So he's got that going on. He's got his own family drama going on, which I find very mm -hmm. compelling because you thought family drama was reserved for the Skywalkers. No. <laughs> so he's got, he's got all of that. And then... He, he does manage to be this sort of non-entity within the Nile and that he's like, well, I'm removed and all you have to do is pay me and you can use my resources. Or, <laughs> But then he also manages to be this just terrifying being that in one action completely brings the galaxy to a standstill with, with mm -hmm. so little. And I think that's like a scale at which Darth Vader dreams. And I don't know if that's controversial. <laughs> like, I don't even know if that was intentional for Martian to yeah. really bring things mm. to that much of a standstill. But I admire the initiative <laughs> and the payoff. <laughs> Not that I am condoning the behavior, but as far as villains go, he's a very effective one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I She's don't have a lot to She's not condoning, but she is condoning. Yeah. Not condoning it, but like... I'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't approve of it, but I understand it. Yeah. 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 So for me, same. Thrawn and Lorna D is a close second. Um, it's Thrawn. See, you threw me off. <laughs> They're both I was going to say Thrawn. With really? red eyes. Really, yeah, I've been lying for two hours. No, it's Markion Row. I'll call him Markion just to change it off. So Markion and Lorna, nothing else to add. It's just funny, but it, 
how big this guy has been in the fandom that every time a picture of him gets published on a comic, that's everything you see on Twitter for five hours, especially because right now it's always shirtless or with yeah. some, something that everyone's like, ah, I get it. Like you said, I don't condone it, but I, I'll follow you. I don't know what that says about us as a fan. He's but... recovered out of him. He's standing in the rain with his hair in the wind. <laughs> yeah. And his yeah. shirt open, holding a sword. I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel like I've seen this in the romance aisle. Yeah. yeah. And even though it looks like Loden's lightsaber, he still looks sad. So I'm like, man, how could you have the spoils of war and still be like staring off all like mopey? Like, <laughs> what's going yeah, on? Sad and angst, dude. He just needs a hug. I just, all right. I, so I cannot believe that I met Charles Soule at. Uh, C2E2, and I forgot to ask him, What, sir, what are your intentions? Because this <laughs> was a choice. All right. So, like most of us, we, how much? Mm. 70% of yeah, the votes. Wow. That's a, that's a runaway rate. Mark Young. Yeah. I don't even remember who came in second. So, it doesn't matter. Mark <laughs> it doesn't Young matter, right? It, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. So, we have two final categories. And again, we'll try to. Go as fast as we can. Favorite, the most anticipated 2022 mm. book. Like we mentioned before, there's a lot of great, not just um, High Republic, but a lot of just Star Wars book in general. I'll start. No surprise. It's the Fallen Star. We got to see how this phase one ends. We kind of have an idea with the name, the covers that we're seeing, the out-of-print one with the falling into the ocean, burning. It's all the Jedi on the coast or in the shore. Fallen Star for me. Anyone else has the Fallen Star as their most anticipated book? But also Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, Brotherhood. Yeah, Brotherhood for me, for sure. I think, A, just give me more Obi and Anakin. Mm -hmm. I love shenanigans in those <laughs> too. So, but to have more ventures, like I said earlier, more ventures content. I'm here for it. I want her to come back so bad. I know it would be probably not going to happen, but I will keep on hoping. <laughs> but yeah, for me, Brotherhood as there's like it's it's gonna be good. All right. I uh, go ahead, Alti. Yeah, I know. So um Fallen Star right there, but Shadows of the Sith also right there. I'm Ooh, very interested one. in yeah. seeing Luke in this era. I really like that era of the galaxy in between six and seven. Um, I think it's a very interesting to explore the, the social issues and the political issues going on and everything, how it moved. And Luke and Lando on an adventure, like, yeah, <laughs> sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sounds extremely interesting. And also I'm rooting for Adam Christopher, the writer of this book, who was writing the novel for Mandalorian, and then all of a sudden that got pulled, yeah. but then he got to write this one. So very interesting in that one. It's... Um, <laughs> Ever since Rise of Skywalker, they mentioned that they were hunting Sith relics. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, this is gonna be a story. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right, I just, I just can't wait for more. I just can't wait for more Ochi content. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that's been Ochi's been the sleeper hit character for He's... me of 2021. Of just like, man, this guy just bumbles his way up into Palpatine's good graces. He's such a loser, but he's so <laughs> such a loser. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm like Shadows of the Sith for the same reasons. Like Luke and Lando, it's a team up that like you just didn't see in the original trilogy. It just never kind of panned out in the cards. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, Rise of Skywalker definitely hints that like Lando was as crucial to the rebellion and like the, the crew, so to speak, as everyone else that we that we met in the original trilogy. So mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, that's his 
uh, get your flowers moment. Um, but I'm also just hoping like I want to I want to read about what dumb mistake Ochi makes that ends up being his last. Like that's yeah. what I'm hoping is the gem of that book of like maybe it's like an aside chapter. Luke and Lando clearly don't know it. But yeah, that, that key. So he's speeder somewhere. Couldn't get it. Eaten yeah, by the snake. trips and fall into the sinking fields and then picks a fight with a snake. Like yeah. that's all it. right. So, Amy, thank you for being here. It's one o'clock in the morning where she is. Ooh. Thank you, as always, for joining us on Saturdays. Um, so Rachel and are you anything to add for the fallen star before we move on? I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it is gonna hurt. And then Roberto is also adding fallen star is top on my second, and I'm hyped for the shadow of the Sith. Yeah. That one I was okay, we'll see, but reading the synopsis really got to me. Mm -hmm. And of course, out there are fans. Oh no, yeah, really. <laughs> Most anticipated. Still anticipating. The book of Viking <laughs> Row. Man, I think I gave my controls to Wars or something. Ah, yeah, <laughs> I got the storm coming up. Yeah. There you that go. is true. Yeah. We are we are anticipating it. All right, so you put hour. Mark and Rowan in the any poll, he's gonna win. He's so gonna win. Maybe. You're right, Lauren. Right. All right, so we're 31 percent of the vote. He'll be in there. It's the fallen star. Yeah, it's the most oh, anticipated. 30 38 percent of the of the votes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so. I would say sorry for that, but no, it's okay. So <laughs> here we're gonna end. So the most anticipated TV series of 2022, Ooh. we have a lot. Animation, uh, live action, there's a lot out there. So Aisu, is this your boy Kenobi? It is my boy Kenobi. <laughs> I am so excited for the book of Boba Fett. You all know how much I love Fennec Shan, mm. but it's gotta be my boy Kenobi. It's It's been, a long time coming. I can't believe I'm getting more. Ewan McGregor <laughs> as Obi Wan. It feels like such a gift. So, Kenobi, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. All right, Lauren. Um, I think so. 2022, if I'm not wrong. So we're obviously getting, uh, obviously going into 2022. Book, book of Boba Fett, Obi Wan, Andor. Correct. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing yeah. something recently on Disney showing what's coming up in 2022. And then there was something else as well, wasn't there? A I guess Mandalorian okay. season three should come out, was and the, then of course Bad Batch season two. Right. Okay. So again, I think twenty twenty two is really setting up to be a really good year, mm -hmm. TV animation, you know, wise. Um, I think for me, I got. I mean, as much as I really am excited for Obi Andor is my anticipated because I'm really looking forward to a star wars spy show like mm -hmm. give it to me like give me that story i want to know i want it it's going to be amazing i think i love those characters a lot too in rogue one so for me andor it's got to be my most anticipated for 2022 yeah. all right uh andres yeah i'm gonna jump on andor as well uh i think it's gonna be i hope it's that like spy thriller yeah. uh show I also hope that it's Disney doing trial runs of seeing like, can we show you Mon Mothma and Bail Organa in the Senate and having like some, you know, backroom oh, conversations, yes. like let that be the trial run, right? Of like show Andor doing all the cool stuff, blowing up shit, whatever. Oops, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Anywho. Um, but, you know, show me Mon Mothma no. and Bail Organa and like these backroom dealings. And like, I, I want a more like West Wing, uh, House of Cards, maybe it, like Star Wars universe, and I think you need the Imperial era mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. like really juicy versions of that story. So yeah. that's yep. that's my hope. All right, um, Rachel, any surprise? Or I think you're leaning 
similar to let some us, other people. Let us talk about our Lord and Savior, Cassie Andor. Um, <laughs> I am so excited. Uh, they finally, they, they included the logo in a wrap-up mm-hmm. video for 2022, and I screamed for a little while. <laughs> I am so excited, not just because I love spy movies. I watched all 25 or 24 James Bond movies in quarantine. Wow. Um, nice. But... I, I love this era. I love these characters. Rogue One is not just my favorite Star Wars movie. It is my favorite movie. Um, and I want to see the Casino Royale of Cassian Andor that tells us what made this rebellion hero, this broken man we see in Rogue One, who what, what brought him to that point. And also because Diego Luna is returning, and I love Diego Luna, but mostly Diego Luna loves Star Wars, and he <laughs> loves being yes. in Star Wars, and that is what makes it so much fun to watch him in Star Wars, is that he loves it so much. And please, Lucasfilm, let Diego Luna touch Jabba the Hutt, please. Let please him touch him. let him touch Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, that's all he wanted. <laughs> He's, it's the only he reason they're doing this show, show. is... All right, Oti, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, no, I'm going to the story I've wanted since 2005 when I saw Revenge of the Sith End and <laughs> Kenobi staying in Tatooine. And I was like, wait, he was there for 20 years? And <laughs> I've wanted this story ever since that movie ended. And I was heartbroken when they canceled the third spinoff movie because I think we all suspected it was going to be Kenobi Mm -hmm. but then I was so happy when Ewan came back and he had that whole moment with Kathleen Kennedy um Kenobi's my favorite character I think if done right we could have one of the best Star Wars stories Mm -hmm. in this show yeah Yeah. so just to finish off I said Boba Fett is my favorite character of all time but he's kind of in the hall of fame he's retired I retired his best guard so he's out there (laughs) and then Kenobi kind of took that position and I do think that the Kenobi show is going to be my favorite one. It's the, probably the most impactful one that's going to be out there. You're seeing, not just because of the show, but also the characters, but also the actors coming back. We all want to see Hayden and, mm. and Hewan again. But I've said since it was announced, my most anticipated for next year is Andor because of what Lauren says. This type of show, this spy thriller, something Star Wars that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And because I want to see how low the Republic goes or the rebellion gets to to the mm. point where we meet him in Rogue One just killing his informant. I want to <laughs> see all the bad things they have to do. And like he says, we're all saboteurs, murderers or whatever. Let's see that. But also see the Empire side, not just the generals and the ramparts out there, but the people working their eight to five job, building the Death Star, working on Star Destroyer or whatever. <laughs> see the other side of it. I'm really interested in that one. So Andrew's my most anticipated one, but I think can always going to be at least my favorite one, but who knows? I think the scope of Andrew is going to be like a movie divided in chapters because this is the only one that they've never mentioned that, oh, we're using the void or the void, I guess is what it's called, where they do all the Mandalorian and all that. They're going the to volume, the, volume. The, volume. The, volume, the volume. Sorry, the void is the VR thing. Yeah. It's yeah. probably the same. Um, but it <laughs> looks like a bigger scope. Like, yeah, we're just going full out on this. We're just going to put it out on TV as episodes. So I think the scope of it is going to be huge. Plus that little clip that we got last year. So all the aliens, all the things that we're working on. So I'm really excited for that one. 
And I think Mo is kind of agreeing. She's saying Andor for her as well. Really hoping for K2. K2 was announced when they said Andor, yeah, and K2 will be there. And then they said, eh, not really. So is he coming for a season two? Is it just, yeah, he'll be there. We just don't want to say it. We'll see. Yeah. But no surprise. On the Twitter poll, with 64% of the vote, it's the only one that we series. I'm actually surprised. Yeah. I mean, Deborah Chow, like the yeah. person that gave us chapter three, uh, the sin of Mandalorian, where like, I mean, yeah, the acting the and that, the, the storytelling. Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's going to be a blast next year. There's a lot of things to look forward to, TV, animation. Uh, we'll probably get a bunch of announcements in celebration. So 2022 is set up to be a great year in Star Wars. And that wraps up our show, our big recap, look back at 2021 in Star Wars. I'm going to start this off by saying thank you, thank you to all five of you for being here, not just today, but throughout the year. Mm-hmm. It's always been a blast talking with you guys. One of the reasons I do this show is so I can talk to other Star Wars fans. And you guys are that. That's why I kind of call the same people. Hey, you want to come be on the show for a little bit? Because I love talking with you guys. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much to everyone in the chat and everyone on Twitter and everything this year. So we'll go around. Also, where can people find you and anything you're working on for the next couple of days? Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. Um, you can come find me there if you want my High Republic reading list. It is broken down mm-hmm. into bite-sized chunks. Um, you can find me at thegeekywaffle.com. I write for the site. I host the Space Waffles podcast. I co-host the other ones. Mm-hmm. You can also find me at my own site, arzud2.com, where I am very quickly racing through my novelization backlog um, so that for the books in the new year, I can dive into the High Republic and all the new books coming out, as well as it is the year of Kenobi. <laughs> so yes. I finally have all the Jedi Apprentice books and I'm going to be reading them for the first time. So that's going to be happening next year. Excellent. Lauren? Awesome. Uh, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Loro Knows. Um, follow the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter. And obviously we're on Spotify, Google Play, all that good stuff. And then you can also find me on another podcast of the Geek Broads cast where we talk everything from Marvel, DC, Star Wars, all and any uh, geeky stuff. So follow us on uh, Twitter on that is <coughs> at Geek Broads Pod. And then again, we're at um, Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify on that too as well. And again, thank you, Alberto. I appreciate yeah. you always having me on. I always have a fun time <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, they, at least this time we didn't have any issues or so get our stream <laughs> shut down. So thank you. Yeah. yeah, maybe when I finish this, it's just been talking to the void. <laughs> all right, so Andres, how about you? Yes, uh, if folks want to follow me, I am at triple A underscore Photog, uh, P-H-O-T-O-G. Um, our podcast is at Sith D Minutes. Um, that is on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and then, of course, wherever you can find find podcasts, that's where we live. Um, but yeah, if you want some Star Wars in your politics or politics in your Star Wars, that's uh, that's our, our lane, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, there's always something. All right, it's always something. All right, so Rachel, hi. Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you like hot takes at Built on Stardust. <laughs> I'm on the Followers of the Force podcast. We just started a sister show, which is the Followers of the Multiverse, um, which has been really interesting content. I think we're only on Spotify for that one, but um, I don't really watch Marvel movies. But we just decided to watch all the Spider-Man films going up to No Way Home. 
So you get my uh, impressions of each Spider-Man movie as I watch them for the first time. And apparently it affected me enough that I went to go see No Way Home last night in theaters. So um, I also guest on other shows and I always post them on my Twitter. But I'll be on Large Review of the Force next week talking about Rogue One for (laughs) three hours. (gasps) Wow. Literally, nope. Nobody stopped me. So I just talked for three hours. And that's that's Devon's fault. But all right. That's longer than the movie. I didn't see the movie. Why Especially the, the director's cut. I'm always like, sorry, if you guys don't don't like stop me, I will just keep talking. Or talk over someone because my connection's bad. I don't know. <laughs> all right, Alti. Any three hour podcast you're on right now? No. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, so you can follow me over at Twitter and Instagram, EP Star Wars. I usually have it like under here, not today, and I will not spell it for you. So just look for Alberto's post. It's, I'm tired. Yeah, it's down there. It's on the <laughs> description of the video. You can find yeah, it. Yeah, so you can find me over there. And yeah, uh, it's a bilingual podcast, mostly in Spanish, sometimes in English. When am I going to do each episode? Who knows? So, Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I got to figure it out. Um, again, thank you for everyone for being here, everyone in the chat. Let me real quick for Chase, Fol- Chase Fulcrum. He got here a little bit late, but that's fine. Celebration will be amazing for sneak peeks. Sorry I'm late, but I can't wait to watch back. Happy holidays and happy new year. Same to you, Chase, and to Mo. Always a pleasure. Happy holidays, everyone. And I'll, happy holidays. I'll end that. Also, it's the end of the year. It's our last live show of the year. Happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas and everything out there. Um, if you're watching this show, as always, you know where to find me, but at Radio Rebel Pod, Twitter, and Instagram. And this will come out as all of our shows come out on Monday for the audio podcast and live shows every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back at the beginning of January. Next to Saturdays is Christmas and New Year, so obviously no live show. But when we come back, we'll be Book of Boba Fett. Uh, maybe some of the people on this show are last to be guests, and we'll have a blast talking Boba Fett. So... Thank you guys again, everyone in the chat, everyone, all our guests here. Uh, thank you for being here for the whole year, not just today. And as always, we'll end by saying, stay safe, be safe, and may the force be with you. Rebellions are built on hope.